1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Dr. Gary Chapman has a passion for people and for helping them form lasting relationships. He's a well-known marriage counselor and director of marriage seminars. The Five Love Languages is one of Chapman's most popular titles, topping various bestseller charts for years, selling over 20 million copies, and has been on the New York Times bestsellers list continuously since 2007. Dr. Chapman, thanks so much for joining us this morning on Mornings with Tom and Toby. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be with you. So you have this this new book out right now, Love is a Choice, and it's just kind of walking essentially through the different testimonies of how the five love languages has made an impact in different people's lives, correct? That's right. They're real stories written by real people about their own journey and how they used the love languages to touch the lives of other people and consequently be blessed themselves. All right. Well, whenever we hear the word love, it it can be used in all kinds of different ways, describing a kind of feeling. But even just in the title, you're going out about how love is a choice. So what's the definition that you use of love and why do you say it's something that we choose to do? Well, you know, I think the common idea in our country is that love is something you feel, you know, warm feelings towards someone. And that's why sometimes a husband will say to his wife, I just don't love you anymore. I don't have these feelings for you anymore. The biblical concept of love does not start with feelings. It starts with an attitude. And, And the attitude is, I want to enrich the lives of the people with whom I encounter. And we choose our attitude. We don't choose our feelings. Our feelings are affected by our circumstances. We choose our attitudes every single day. And if we choose the attitude of love, you know, I want to enrich the lives of the people that I encounter today, then we're going to be an ambassador for God. So, you know, Jesus once said, they will know that you're my disciples by the way you love each other. (laughs) So uh, it's it's a huge choice. Uh, and, and we either choose love or we choose selfishness, which is the other, uh, the opposite of love. And that is the attitude, I'm in this world to see what I can get for myself. And so I approach every person, every event with what am I getting out of this. And if I'm not getting anything out of it, then I bail out of the whole situation. Mm-hmm. So uh, as Christians, you know, we not only can choose love, we have the help of God because Romans 5, 5 says the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So if Christians choose love, we have the help of God to express it. Amen. 
I love that. We're talking with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of The Five Love Languages and his new book, Love is a Choice. Now, Dr. Chapman, for those who are not familiar with The Five Love Languages, can you break those down for us? Sure. And these are in no particular order uh, of importance, but uh, one of them is words of affirmation, just affirming people with your words, looking for things that you can genuinely uh, you know, affirm them for. Uh, and then second is uh, acts of service, doing something to serve the other person. The old saying is, actions speak louder than words. Well, if actions is the person's love language, that is true. <laughs> actions will speak louder than words. And then there's gifts. It's universal to give gifts. The gift says, they were thinking about me. Look what they got for me. And the gift doesn't have to be expensive. We've always said it's the thought that counts. But it's not the thought left in your head. It's the gift that came out of the thought in your head, okay? So gifts. And then there's quality time, giving the other person your undivided attention. It can be in conversation with each other. It can be doing something together. Uh, you know, you're joining them in a project that they want done, and you, the two of you are doing it. And they have your full attention in the project, but it's that quality time. It's the same thing Jesus did with the disciples. You know, it says he ordained 12 that he might be with them. Jesus preached to multitudes. He gave quality time with 12 men. I mean, they hang, they, they hung with Jesus day and night. And then number five is physical touch. We've long known the emotional power of physical touch. That's why we pick up babies, hold them, kiss them, and cuddle them. And when we do, before the baby ever understands the meaning of the word love, the baby feels love. So those are the five. And, of course, the basic concept is that out of the five, each of us has what I call a primary love language. One of these is more important than the other four. And if we don't receive love in our love language, then we will not feel loved by the person. Mm-hmm. So the key is learning how to learning the other person's love language and then choosing to express your love to them in that particular language. Well, good to have you with us here today. We are speaking with Dr. Gary Chapman about his new book, Love is a Choice. You may be familiar with him and the five love languages. And Dr. Chapman, I have a bonus question before we get into the one Jacob had. What is your love language? My love language is words of affirmation. Oh, fantastic. Well, you're doing a great job. Yes. Oh, we, we love you. Thank you so much. You're just a blessing to have around. And no, I'm truly, you are. already. Yeah. <laughs> uh. No, but I, I love this uh, book, Love is a Choice, and understanding the intentionality behind the five love languages. And, and like we were asking earlier, which is kind of walking through all the different testimonies, can, can you just give us some of the stories of, of how this has been able to work in different people's relationships? Yeah, I'll give you one. The stories deal with different things. Some of them deal with marriage relationships, but some of them deal with totally other relationships. But this one is a marriage thing, and uh, the gal, Laura, who wrote it, uh, entitled it, entitled her story, Who's Winning the War? And she says that before they got married, she was really attracted to her husband. He was such a humorous guy, and she just loved being with him. And after they got married, however, it uh, hadn't been too long before he started drinking. And she said he turned into a monster. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she said, our closest friend said, y'all not going to stay married. This, this won't last. She said, but we, we decided, you know, we were going to work on it. You know, so we talked together and decided, you know, look, let, let's change our lifestyle. So she said, we stopped socializing with friends that were, you know, bad influence on us. And then he... he uh, he quit. We, he, she said, we both quit our high-powered jobs and moved to a small town 
and got other jobs, and, and he quit drinking. And then we decided that each of us were going to put the other one first, and we were going to not demand our own way. And uh, we 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 brought we bought a house and started talking about starting a family. So things were moving in a good direction until her husband came down with multiple sclerosis. And she said, then sometime after that he started drinking again, and became a very angry man and would just put her down and yell at her and all that sort of thing. And she said, uh, one a lady once invited me to a Bible study, and she said. I started going, and then I started reading the Bible, and then I gave my life to Christ. And she said, it was horrible living with him. But she said, one morning, I read Luke chapter 6, verse 27, that said, you know, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. And she said, I just heard a voice inside me say, that's your plan. Love him even though he's acting like an enemy. <laughs> he's acting like he hates you. And so she started giving him words of affirmation and acts of service. And in due time, he stopped drinking, and his old personality came back, and his humor and all that sort of thing. And she said, from that from that point on, they were they were loving each other. And she said it went on for 35 years before he died. And she said, uh, with multiple sclerosis, and she said, you know, the disease won the battle, but we won the war because we we chose to love even when the other person wasn't lovely. So, you know, it, it's just amazing how the power of love, when you love people who aren't loving you, it's amazing what happens because all of us have an emotional need to feel loved. And if you're married, the person you would most like to love you is your spouse. So if you love them when they're not loving you, which is exactly what God did for us, you know, he loved us while we were still sinners and sent Christ to die for us. We we apply love in a situation like that. We're doing the most powerful thing we can do to influence the other person. And often they do turn around and God does move in and change the situation. And I love testimonies like this because you see just the Holy Spirit working through this entire situation that I, I can imagine for the wife just felt almost hopeless within that relationship. Seeing God step in and bring the kind of encouragement and guidance and community through a Bible study into her life to be able to plant that kind of strength to make that heart of a choice of love, to sacrificially love like that. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Yeah. And well, choosing to love someone outside of our comfort zone is a challenge for most of us. We're talking with Dr. Gary Chapman. Some call him the love doctor. (laughs) We call him a good friend of the program. But Dr. Chapman, what can we do to overcome the fear of being God's agent to enrich the life of someone who who we would typically avoid? Yeah, I think the answer lies in reaching out to God. Because by nature, uh, all of us are fallen creatures, and we love people that love us, and we try to stay away from people that are not loving us. But if we recognize that God loved us when we were sinners, and that He wants us to be His representatives in today's world, then we have to call out to God and say, and be honest, and say, Lord, I, I don't have any desire to love this person. As a matter of fact, I want to stay away from them, or I want to get away from them, because that's the way our emotions are pushing us. But I read in your word the example of Christ coming and loving us while we were still sinners. And I know that's what you want me to do, but I can't do it without you. 
You know, Jesus said that. I'm the vine, you're the branches. You abide in me, you bear fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. Uh, we can't, this is supernatural. And so I think you ask God. You say, Lord, I'm in this situation, and you know them, and you know me. And I want to ask you to fill my heart with your love. Let me be your agent for loving them. You see, it has nothing to do with your feeling positive toward them. It has to do with an attitude. (laughs) Let me have your attitude toward them and show me how I can love them and then give me the, the ability to do it. When we reach out like that to God, He will give us the ability, and we can reach out and love them. And if we know their primary love language, uh, we're even more effective because we're speaking to them, meeting a deep need in their life, and they're not responding to us. So we're doing exactly what God did. And, And not everybody responds. Not everybody responds to the love of God. So not everyone will respond. But if you do that, you, you know that you are doing the right thing because you're following the model of, of God. So uh, I think it's a matter of reaching out for His supernatural help.